Thank you. God bless. Thank you, Danny and Debbie. We'll try that again. If you have your Bibles, then open them up to the book of Zephaniah. The book of Zephaniah. If you make it to Habakkuk, go one more chapter over. If you reach Haggai, back up. While you're looking for that, I have to uh, to tell you that last night was also the uh, opening of the Starry Night, and, and uh, as has been for the past 20-something years, we had the opportunity to play at that, and uh, have to tell a little bit of story there on Junior here. So... We were playing, it was beautiful weather. Of course, you know, doing it 20 years, we've had it where you couldn't feel your fingers and you also just sweated down. And But night, last night was pleasant and uh, we were going along there playing and it was real pleasant. We'd taken a break and we came back and played and had another little break there and was gonna play, finish out, finish out the very end of it. And when we went to play and that time it was like, wow. Somebody turned the air conditioner on. All of a sudden, it got cool. The wind started blowing, and uh, we were playing. And, you know, as musician, when you play, everybody else may not hear it, but you hear it when something goes tune. You got the wrong, wrong chord or something like that. And uh, all of a sudden, we're playing along with this song. I'm looking at, you know, I'm going, that was a G. I look over at him going, what did you do? Because he come right back and we did it again. I look at him, he looks at me, you know, I can tell he's going, what? <laughs> he come around again, played it again, and I realized it wasn't Junior, it was mine. <laughs> I was hitting the right note, but when the cool weather hit, the guitar went, yeah, right. And we know that, that happens real quickly, Harold and Danny and all of us and Rhoda play guitar. And when that temperature changes, your strings say, really, I don't like this. I'll just change with it. So uh, other than that, we had a good time. And so we got through. He goes, what were you looking at me for? It's because you was out of tune. He said, well, one of us was. Said, well, if you'd have heard it sooner, you could have blamed me. But being I heard it first, it's your fault. Zephaniah. We had a good time. Saw some of the church folk there. Appreciate y'all coming and all. And uh, uh, but it was good. Uh, Zephaniah chapter three. Zephaniah chapter three. The title of the message is Christmas Redemption. It is, as I said in the opening this morning, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I know when we go, you know, everything starts getting put up Thanksgiving and all of the black market sales or black whatever it is Friday. Black market might as well be. Uh, but anyway, all those things. And, of course, the ladies had their dickens, and then they had the parades, and you start seeing lights go up, and the, they've done a great job decorating the church and all. But you know it's there. But I know when we go and play, 
definitely the Christmas season has started. And with that, the message this morning is about the true meaning of Christmas. And so I know Christmas is still a few weeks away, but I always want to bring this the first Sunday that Christmas begins. Folks, we're God's people. Don't get gathered up in all the commercialization. The holiday and all is great. It's fun. You get to see beautiful lights and the arrays. Some people are very artistic with what they do. And it's, it's, it's a certain time of season that just brings warmth and you anticipate family and all coming and things of that nature and the kids with Santa Claus. You know, even Santa Claus is based on God, what God gave to us. But we've so commercialized it. Don't get cut up in that. Don't get caught up. There's a real reason we celebrate Christmas. This morning, Zephaniah chapter 3 invites you to stand for the honoring of reading of God's Word, if you're able. Beginning in verse 14. Zephaniah chapter 3, 14. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart. O daughter of Jerusalem, the Lord has taken away your judgment. He has cast out the enemy, the king of Israel. The Lord is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear. Zion, let not your hands be weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, the mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I will gather those who sorrow over the appointed assembly, who are among you, to whom its reproach is a burden. Behold, at the time I will deal with all who have afflicted you. I will save the lame and gather those who were driven out. I will appoint them for praise and fame in every land where they were put to shame. At that time I will bring you back, even at the time I gather you, for I will give you fame and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I return your captives before your eyes, says the Lord. You may be seated. This is a prophecy of the coming Messiah that was given by Zephaniah. He was a prophet during the King Hosea's reign, uh, which was one of the descendants out of Hezekiah. And uh, Josiah, when he became the king, they had had bad kings and the word of God was gone. Jophiah had found and began to come back with the people of God's statutes. And here he gives to Zephaniah his prophet the words that there is a Messiah of what God will do. So that is what we celebrate for Christmas, the coming of Christ. He was for our redemption. When we look at, he gives what that small child, the Son of God, what that gave us is a hope for the future. Now, we have the opportunity and the privilege of living after Christ has come. He's open to all of us. And he says, come unto me and I will give you peace. I will give you joy. 
My burden is light. He tells us that over and over again in the New Testament. And that we have hope in Him. Hope for what? Hope for the future. Future of eternity. And it's not just when we go to heaven, but it's the here and now. Despite all the conflicts, despite all the chaos going on, you and I as Christians can have a smile on our face when we keep our eyes directed on Him because this isn't my home. This isn't the end of it. This is just the beginning. It's passing. It's traveling through. You realize that we are all pilgrims on our pathway. We have the opportunity to choose the different paths of our lives. The major one being God's way or our own personal way. And so much uh, with Christmas comes in there. I've already heard the deals at restaurants this past weekend. Wish you a happy holiday. My reply back to them is Merry Christmas. It's not a holiday without Christ. That's the bottom line. What we celebrate is His birth. What we also celebrate is His redemption. For you see, without the birth, the cross could have never happened. The resurrection could have never happened. It required the birth. The birth through human bloodline. Yes, he was given of woman her redemption. As sin came first to woman, then to man. The redemption factor was that Christ came through woman and through God's power. It gave man all mankind, the redemption through his love. And you and I can have that peace. Jesus said that I bring light unto you. You can put your finger in Zephaniah. We're going to come back to it here in a minute. But for a moment, uh, you can turn, if you want, over to John chapter 8 and verse 12. And there in John, Jesus himself is speaking. And he says in verse 12, he says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. When we do a candlelit service, that's exactly what we're exemplifying. That single life that was given on that dark night in Bethlehem that the shepherds saw, that the wise men followed for years, that light, it begins to share all across the world. And today, by His power, There are Christians and God's family has grown exponentially and it has the opportunity as long as the Lord tarries for it to grow even more. And that's that's exactly what God wants. First Peter tells us it's not God's plan, and I'll paraphrase it, it's not God's plan that anybody should perish. He only built hell for one person. That's the devil. But the devil wants to take all that he can with him. How true those words, he's seeking whom he may devour. And the problem is when we think of that and we go, well, preacher, I know that. Yeah, but there's so many that don't. And the problem is that we're raising up children that have never heard the gospel. How sad that is. They don't know the real meaning of Christmas. They think Christmas is buying presents and Santa Claus and all these different things. Toy soldiers and you put whatever you want in there. But the real meaning of Christmas is Jesus Christ. That redemption that came to us. They did the Dickens deal and they talk about Scrooge and all. And if you really look at that story, it exemplifies just exactly the same thing. That the world was without. It had been beaten up and had been Scrooged over. 
but yet love came in. That love? Jesus Christ. The light of the world. And so from the time of Genesis, when the fruit was eaten, the very first thing that uh, they had it in paradise, and the very first thing there in chapter 3, if you read 7 and 12, is suddenly man's eyes were changed by eating that fruit of good and evil. They never knew before they were naked or anything was wrong. And it says that God came in the cool of the evening and they heard him, meaning that it was a daily walk. You see, his whole plan was for you and I to have a fellowship with him every day. To be able to be synced with him one and one, just as Adam was and just as Adam and Eve was. And But sin broke that apart. When you read that in Genesis... It says that suddenly their eyes were open. They realized they were naked. They heard God coming in the cool of the evening. And they ran to hide themselves. And when God called for them, they didn't answer. He called again. And finally, he says, where are you? And Adam says, well, I realized I was naked. And we hid ourselves. And he says, who told you that you were naked? It was sin. And that sin carried through. And immediately... In the following verses, we begin to see the plan of salvation. See, it was God's plan that if we chose the wrong thing, He would bring redemption. And that is exactly why we have Christmas, is to have that peace, that King of Kings. Turn, if you will, over to Isaiah. I want to read it, and then I'm going to come back to Zephaniah. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Again, the prophet telling what is taking place. He says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. There's the hope. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. God's plan for you and I. Back to Zephaniah as we look at this where it speaks of what is to come. It starts, it says, Sing and shout, O daughter of Zion, and shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart. Can you imagine a world without Jesus Christ? You want a glimpse? Look at all that's going on today. We see the demise. We see what is taking place because God has been put on the shelf. hate to say that, but it's the truth. We've set God aside instead of putting Him first. We look at our nation. How that it was without a doubt, when you read the real history, it was because of the prayers of the forefather and God's hand that made this nation what it is. And yet we have turned away from God with all of the different debacle that's taking place. We've denied that it's God. We can do it all. And look at the shape we're in. Crime's rampant. We've got inflation out the kazoo. People are desperate. Young people taking their own lives. Just as God said, men's hearts will begin to fail them. We see it at earlier and earlier ages. Suicide rate where they have no hope. They're in despair and desperation. It was never what God intended. 
Zephaniah says, the Lord has taken away your judgments. We were under the guilt. But because of Jesus Christ, the, what we celebrate, because of Christmas, if you really look at that, it's Christ more. It's exactly what the, when you break down the word of Christmas, what it means. It's not less Christ, it's more Christ. And the more we have Christ, the more our judgment's taken away by what he did. He says he is cast out in verse 15. Your enemy, the devil, will be bound up. And even before he's bound up, you see, when Jesus enters in, no matter what the devil tries to do, you and I have the authority and the power in the name of Jesus Christ to combat him. Tell you what, next time you, uh, simple ways in traffic, right? Next time somebody cuts you off and you go, wow, you pray for them right there and watch it go away. I mean, an earnest prayer. Lord, give them safety because they're a fool driving down the road. And forgive me for what I first thought. You know, the thing of it is, it goes away. It's the same thing with fears. When you leave it and you start praying about it and give it to God, the fear goes away. We're not to have fear. He continues forward. He says, in that day it shall be said in Jerusalem, there it is, do not fear. Why? Because Christ is here. Christ is living in the midst today. 17 tells us the same th that very thing. He says, the Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one. He is in your midst. He will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. Scripture tells us that when one comes to know Jesus Christ and accepts him, all of heaven celebrates. He says he will quiet you with his love. Jesus said, I will give you peace. I will give you rest. That comes from his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. That's why he tells us, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. He ain't interested if you're on key or not. Let's make a joyful noise. I don't care if you just have to do nothing but shout. Maybe it's whistling. Maybe it's humming. Whatever it is. If it's praising him, then it's a joyful noise. And he says, I will gather those who sorrow. Well, we've all had a piece of that. Danny and him's last song talked about the sorrow. All God's children. All God's children. We have bad times. We have good times. We have sorrowful times. We have happy times. But it's still all of God's children. He says, I will gather you together. Folks, assuredly as the Messiah was predicted and prophesied to come and was born on Christmas Day that we celebrate, telling you again, the second coming of Christ is just as assured. Don't know when it'll be, but I can dang sure tell you it's a day closer than it was yesterday. And with what we see, it's getting closer and closer in a faster pace. Those things are for you and I. Lastly, I would tell you, turn with me, if you will, to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. I'm done with Zephaniah. You can let your finger out of there. 
but at least now you know where Zephaniah is, right? First John chapter 4, verse 17. Listen to the words what the Holy Spirit gave John to write. The love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have the boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so we are in this world. See, salvation is not when we die. Salvation happens immediately when we accept Jesus Christ. That judgment, that forgiveness happens right then. We're promised in the future that we will be as white as snow because God no longer sees us as we are for what we are, but he sees us with the blood of his son shattered all over us. We see that redemptive power that he gave. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. As John will tell us in the big gospel, God is love. So therefore, if we have God in our lives, we have Jesus Christ in our hearts and the Holy Spirit there, there is no fear for it's cast out. We don't have to worry about what's going to happen. What if this happened? What if that happened? God's got it in control. He says, I will protect you always. You will be in my hand. Nothing can pluck you away from there when you accept my son, Jesus Christ. So there is no fear. Well, what if they start decapitating us? Well, then you know what? In my heavenly body, my head will be right back on. Told B.C. this morning, I said, you know, I'm sorry to hear about your mama. B.C.'s reply was, she'd been ready to go home for a long time. See, as people get older, you begin to realize, and you know, Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter about the time. It's whenever he calls, I know where I'm going. And if you can't say today that you know without any doubt in your life where you're going to go upon your physical death, then folks, this message is for you. You need to know the Christ of Christmas. Because when you know him, there's no doubt. I know exactly where I'm going. If he takes me out right now or he lets me live till the rapture, I still know where I'm going. If you died in front of me, you better get up out of that grave and move. Because it says, I'm going to be raptured after you. I ain't got time to be waiting on you. <laughs> you and I, because of what Jesus did, that birth, that cross, that resurrection, can have all of the fear cast out. God's word says it. You got to believe it. He says it. It's the way it is. He says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear in verse 18. Because fear involves torment. You ever think about that verse? Who enjoys doing the torment? There's only one. And it's the same one that was there in the garden. That said, oh, eat of that fruit. Because it looks so good. Why? For the very thing that happened. He tormented mankind ever since with sin. It's a daily battle. It's not just you and I. 
Paul writes, those things that I would do, I find myself not doing. Those things that I don't want to do is what I find myself doing. Every time. It's a constant battle. For every day that we live, we fight that battle, but that battle has already been won. It's only you and I that's got to believe it without doubt. You and I that claim it and keep our eyes fixed on him who overcame that one who desires to torment. Continues on, it says, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. That's food for thought. Every time you and I worry or we get scared about what's going to happen, it's a great opportunity for the master craftsman to do some work in our lives. See, those trials and troubles, you know, the more I begin to see it, the more I begin to understand why Paul says, I say give thanks in all things, even the bad times, because they're growth, they're opportunity if it's not growth, if we already have a strong faith, it'd make it stronger. But it's opportunity for you and I to see that God's got it in control. We trust Him. And it gives a great opportunity, not only for you and I by doing it, but for those around us to see it. Amazed sometimes at the opportunity of things that God gives me at work at the other job. When they see something going wrong and they go, Man, you just, how do you stay? You just go, it's going to be okay. We just hang in there because it ain't in our control. It's in God. As long as we do what he tells us to do, I do what I'm supposed to do, it'll work out. And I'm a firm believer in that. It's called trust. And it's not because I'm so good because I have to work at it. I have to say, Lord, don't let me doubt you. Let me keep it up for those around me as well as educating me and making my faith stronger. And I'm no something special. Y'all have to do the same things. There's y'all in here that's got, there's some of you that's got a greater faith than, than what I can ever hope for. Faith warriors. We talk about prayer warriors. You get to be a prayer warrior because of faith warriors. It is about faith and trust. Remember the, what Proverbs says? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. That means every single bit of you. And that's a process. Because that old tormentor is going to keep throwing up doubt. He torments us with that. We think, boy, I got it this time. I trusted. And boy, God did exactly what I need to do. I won't, I won't doubt him again. Till the next time. We do it. He torments us with that. But we can overcome it. Verse 19, and I'll close. We love him because he first loved us. He loved us before we ever came out of our mother's womb. He had a plan for us. He loved us the day Jesus Christ were born and we weren't even thought of. He loved us the day that Christ said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And when he cried out, it is finished, it was for all of eternity. The devil got beat. It's over. You see, I take it to a sports analogy. Some of you may have watched the great Texas game yesterday. 
Y'all would never guess I'm a Texas fan, right, or a Texas ex. But have you ever noticed, regardless of the team, when they get as far ahead as where they were, ever notice what they start doing? And I thought about that watching that game yesterday. I said, you know, that's exactly how God does it. He's already won the game. Now he just starts spreading around the blessings. The defensive lineman of all college football gets to catch a, win, a touchdown. The guy who's been injured but helped him get there all that time, he gets a snap. The rookie quarterback, he gets a snap. They begin playing everybody so they can actually be on that roster that was part of the winning game of the national championship. I realize it's not the national championship, but by golly, you folks in California learn when we beat any Oklahoma team, it's a national championship. <laughs> you beat Alabama and Oklahoma the same year, it don't matter what everybody else does. But God begins to share those blessings around. Game's already over. Game's won. Jesus Christ did that. It's why we celebrate his birth. It's why we celebrate his resurrection. Not his death, his resurrection. Share that Christmas spirit. People tell you happy holidays, tell them no. It's Merry Christmas. It's all about Christ. Otherwise, there's no holiday. It's just another day. Holiday is because of what Christ did. He took away our fears. He took away our sin. See, holidays are celebrating something you got. We got Jesus. About your bay head and close your eyes. I'm done. If you're here today and don't know Jesus Christ, we definitely want to give you that opportunity. For those of you who already know the Lord. Be in prayer. If there's even one here that doesn't know him, that should be our whole desire. To be more and more like Christ and to bring others to Jesus. In fact, that's what he gave us as the Great Commission, as it's known. He says, go out there. Spread the gospel. It doesn't just stop with spreading the gospel. Make disciples. We teach each other. We upper lift each other. We pray for one another. And thank you for being such a praying church. No matter whatever else, all the advertisement, all the different functions we can be in, in this community, folks, you and this church, everyone who is a part of this body of believers, any party you talk to knows it is a praying church. You ever sit back and listen to all the different prayer requests we get from other churches, not putting them down, but people who don't even go to church, I want your church to pray because I know God hears your prayers. Yeah, we'll pray for you, but he'll hear your prayers too. He's a guard of all. He's not just my God, he's yours. Jesus came for everyone. So if you're here today and don't know Jesus Christ, we want to give you that opportunity. We're going to say a real simple prayer. You're going to hear folks all over this room say that same words to encourage you. Because we know the old tormentors out there trying to tell you all the reasons that you can't accept Jesus Christ and all the bad things are going to happen to you. 
He's a liar. He always has been. He always will be. But his day is coming. He's going to learn what torments are all about. Don't let him seek to devour you. Open your heart to Jesus Christ. He'll come in. You'll get blessed and happy beyond all belief. Take away that fear. He'll give you hope. Where you thought there was despair, there's everlasting joy. Where you thought there was fear and worry, there's peace. It comes from Him. As we pray together, Dear Lord Jesus, I come today confessing I am a sinner. I need a Savior in my life. I believe you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I ask you today to come into my heart, to be my Lord and Savior, to forgive me of my sins, to walk with me always, even into eternity.